My name is Brett from Unlog DeFi. Some may know me as Nepa Titel. And uh, I'm a community manager, just helping out. But this is our very first episode of Time to Unlock. Um, I'm pretty excited to get these going. And I'm I'm very appreciative that you're taking the time to be the first guest, Aramola. So thank you so much. I'm super excited for this. You're very, very much welcome. Yeah, but basically what Time to Unlock is going to be about, I'm going to start bringing on Unlock DeFi partners, collaborators, and our friends, and we're just going to talk like cryptocurrencies, blockchain technologies, any projects like we're doing or that we're interested in, and just vibing, like you said. So I'm excited to get this going. That's amazing. I'm super excited. Me too, definitely. Super I'm excited. Yeah, I've got a few questions for you too. Um, just for people who don't know uh, about you yet. So we'll get started in a few minutes. How are you doing today, though? I'm good. I'm good. Just working on working on a lot. Just a lot. There's just so much going on. Um, just between uh, my project Mint, which is on the 28th, and um, just a couple of other things. I know my brother John Lay is here, so we we have a crazy announcement today. It's it's gonna be insane. It's gonna be insane, but it's just so much happening. But I'm really excited. Yeah, I see John Lay. Shout out to John Lay in the audience. Legend. Yeah, that's uh, an artist you need to know. If you guys don't know about John Lay, check him out. Follow him. Like he he's pretty dope. That's that's all I gotta say. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm excited for this announcement you guys got. But yeah, I guess we can get started um, while more people come in here. This is recorded, so whoever misses the beginning can come back and listen to it. But for people who don't even know who you are, Daramola, do you mind explaining who is Daramola? Absolutely. Um, Daramola is a singer, songwriter, a music producer, um, a, a recording <clears throat> a recording artist, and um as of the past year plus, um, a digital slash multimedia artist. Uh, in a nutshell, that's that's who Daramala is. Awesome, quick and to the point. Okay, so what what got you into art or creating in the first place? Because that was a lot of things. Absolutely. So I, I was I was always into art for as far back as I can remember. Like. I know everyone Everyone talks about, you know, just being a kid and, and having that little creative itch in a sense, right? You know, but like, you know, just I remember my very, the very first thing I ever drew was uh, Tasmania Devil from my t-shirt back in the day. Um, this is just crazy thinking about it right now. And I remember, um, I remember drawing it and I was like, yo, this is crazy. Like, I can't believe I'm doing this. I used a, a, an HB pencil to do it. I also will never forget that. Um, and, and yeah, so it was basically a, a whole lot of that stuff. And ever since then, I started to, okay, like dive in. I was like, okay, what does this mean? Um, how how much can I, you know, explore the boundaries of what I'm, I'm able to do? Um, I grew up in Lagos, Nigeria. And it was pretty cool. My mom was actually a recording artist. Um, she was signed to one of the, uh, I guess, one of the biggest um, gospel um, labels at that point. Uh, this guy called Ebony Zaobe, um, who was like, he was a pioneer for African juju music. 
Uh, that's what we call it, West African Juju music. And uh, my mom was, he then he he became a Christian. And so my mom signed to him because my mom did gospel music. And my mom always had a very, um, you know, a very wide view of what music should sound like. So she was, I mean, for being in Nigeria, she was doing your traditional Nigerian sounds, but she was also doing like, you know, pop music, disco, just a whole lot of sounds. And um, I, I remember my very first experience in a recording studio was, uh, this is like, I think I was in primary, primary three, four. Primary is like grade school in Nigeria. What we call it like, you have like primary and secondary school. But um, I was a jit, I was like super young. And I remember she wanted us, I'm one of five kids, she wanted all of us to be on on her album, and so she had had us like sing uh, like chorus and, and what all the above, and it just came out sounding really cool. And um, I remember just being um, in school because we had to get back to school that day. Uh, we had an overnight session, which is funny because I don't know why she did that, but it was just pretty cool, you know. So just just a lot of those opportunities, and um, that's how I sort of got my itch to want to do music. You know, I was like, okay, there must be something here for me just watching my mom perform. Um, like I said, I grew up in a church, so I started to learn to play the the the, the drums, um, which is my instrument of choice. Um, the drums, the guitar, you know, uh, the piano, all the above, and that was basically my my journey into into music and artistry and creating from a musical standpoint. Um, yeah, basically. Okay, okay. So you spoke musically. So what about art-wise? What got you into drawing? Um, as far as art, I got into, like I said, I started as a kid. Um, and I would explore here and there. I, I'm still, I, literally, I just told uh, my sister and my brother to help me find uh, my old sketchbook from back in the day. I used to watch a lot of uh, Saturday morning cartoons. We had this like thing called Cadbury's Breakfast Television on Saturday mornings. And you watch like everything from like, the Ninja Turtles to like X-Men. And when I say X-Men, I'm talking about like the Night of the Sentinels, that one. Um, There's just a bunch of cartoons I just got inspired by. And so I'd always take the time out to draw with a freaking HB pencil. That was literally it. Um, fast forward to when I started doing music, I took a break off of like doing like new drawings and art and stuff like that. Cause I was like, okay, maybe, maybe that's not for me. Maybe music is for me. And, and I just kept it going. What I did find, however, was... For every moment I released music, I, I felt like just this intense need to, you know, properly explain my songs through picture for format, if that makes sense. And like, I was like, you know, it wasn't enough to just do a song. I was like, the art has to connect to it. So at that moment, I wouldn't say I was drawing. What I'd say was that, what I would say is that I started to find ways to create, like, so I started to create my own album art and cover art, right? So I'll take different elements from different places. Like I remember one of my first pieces was um, was a blue rose that I found on Unsplash. And I was like, man, I'm gonna use this and create something. So that was the first, that was the very first art for my album. And, you know, I messed around with palettes and color tones on the side of it. I, I wish I could, I'll find it, it's on Google. Like literally you can type it in and find it. Um, hold on one second. Um, and so, yeah, basically, I was like, okay, let me find this and like, you know, see how I can like create something here and create a picture that's worthwhile. And that was basically the gist behind that. Um, fast forward to a couple of years later, 
um, I start to add like videography to the mix, right? And I'm like, okay, how can I even tell, you know, more concerted stories? I've always been fascinated with like, you know, religion and religious imagery and, and stuff like that. So like, you know, certain songs, for example, that connected with me over time were songs by, like Lady Gaga has a song called Judas that I just thought was crazy. Uh, I mean, first hearing it, I was like, this is insane. But then watching the video was just next level because of the imagery. Um, Madonna, obviously, has always played around with that. A little sacrilegious, if you ask me. <laughs> but, but you know, uh, I'm, I'm able to separate sometimes the art from the artist and try to, like, you know, take it in like that. Um, there was that. And then, obviously, Kanye West and his religious imagery and all that stuff. So... In a sense, that's my perspective on how I offer art outside of the drawing side of it. Like, I think there is something to be said about being able to manipulate and take what is already existing and create iterations of it and make it as original as you can. Um, so I think that's, that's a, there's, there's really no timeline on, oh, I started at the age of six or seven. Uh, like I said, I did draw my first Tasmanian Devil piece, like probably at like maybe 11, 10, 11, but like outside of that, like everything else has just been, um, you know, picking up like these like artistic habits as I create or go into new artistic endeavors. Okay, thank you so much. So and then where does, where does crypto fall into play into that? When did you fall into cryptocurrencies and NFTs? So, so I just, also, I like technology, right? I'll tell you a funny story. <laughs> I was, um, I used to be hooked to Dexter's lab back in the day. And so I remember literally like under, like we, in my house in Nigeria, we had like space right underneath the staircase. So I, I, I'll just take random stuff. Like I'll take like, like it was probably very unhygienic and unhealthy, but I'll take like, you know, old pianos and batteries, old like car batteries and like jump started cables, just random stuff, and I'll just throw it underneath, underneath the staircase. And in my mind, I was good in my own Dexter's lab. But um, all that to say, I know it's, look, I have a very interesting imagination. I tend to go out to bring everything back in when I explain stuff. So pardon me if if you guys lose me for a second. I always find my way back. But anyways, um, all that to say, I, I've always had a thing for technology, just tech. Um, my very, I, I went to school. I had two degrees. I got my first degree, well, my undergraduate degree at, in business, uh, in business management, and then I have a master's in business administration. I initially wanted to be an architect because I, I just loved the idea of like constructing things and and framing things. And architects always like you know captured my my interest, right? Uh, and, and there was a sense of technology, or there is a sense of technology to architecture, um, and just technology and design. So. All that, you know, just with the whole idea of like tech and design and all that stuff, I discovered crypto uh, in 2000 and I think it was 2010. And it was interesting because the way I found out about it was a way that I regret when I ever, when I, whenever I remember. Um, I was selling beats online and a client of mine back then who is stupid, dumb, wealthy right now, um, he lives in Australia. He's an African kid from Kenya. He told me, I, used, I remember I used to sell beats to him for $750 a pop. And he specifically said to me, he said, hey, bro, do you mind if I pay you in Bitcoin? <laughs> and I was like, nah, bro, I'm good. I, I don't want your Bitcoin. Just give me dollars. 
So oh, God. yeah, dude, I, I was one of those guys. And I guess in that <laughs> in that season, I hadn't really understood um, the concept of you know that you know that space or whatever that meant. Anyways, fast forward to a couple of years later, I I, I just started to hear more about it. You know, I got sucked into the 2017 ICO craze. A friend of mine was always like uh, was always like hitting me up like, dude, you need to check this out. Blah blah blah. I got in, I got like wiped out. I got wrecked with, with an R-E-K-T that way. I got wrecked. And it was just crazy. I was like, dang, like this is insane, lost, whatever. Anyways, that was my first iteration to actually exploring the world of cryptocurrencies. I hope that answers the question, not too directly, but hope you get the gist. <laughs> no, that definitely explains it. 2010 is pretty early and then um, when did you find yourself actually, um, I don't know if you answered this, I'm sorry if you did, but when did you find yourself actually understanding the concept, like investing in the cryptocurrencies and indulging into the concept? Yeah, 2017. I, I think I started okay. to, like I, like I said, during the ICO phase. The, the, thing, the thing about me is like, I'll take my time to learn as much as I can. Even if I'm going, like I, I never go in blindly. Obviously, some people are like, you should get this. And I'm like, okay. You know, and I think th that happens. I think it should happen every now and then, not all the time. If it's happening all the time, then you're definitely in the wrong space. But I think every so often, the best way to learn is from failures and from, like, bad flips, in my opinion. And I had a lot of those. Um, but And it's crazy because two of the coins I invested in, they don't even exist on CoinMarketCap anymore. That's that's how crazy it got. But um, that's when I started to understand in 2017. Like, And then, you know, the, when the little Bitcoin pump, ha pump happened, back then and everyone was going crazy but what had happened after obviously being wrecked was i and after the market went down i told myself something i said for as long as there will be an asset that is worth more than the dollar it's worth my time and that was literally my i guess ethos if you want to call it that for you know constantly learning i didn't really invest but I was learning. I was aware of it. I started to learn about the Silk Road. I started to learn about Ross Ubrick. I started to learn about, you know, Satoshi. The, and and I just I was just going on a deep dive to understand, like, you know, the um, I, I forget their name, but they I think they own Gemini, the, the twins. Um, uh, and just started to learn about a lot of it. Like it was for me, it was just cool. It just felt like, man, this deep, dark, like technological secret with with a lot of like, you know, it's just the like I said, like like I always say, the metaphorical middle finger to to what we call our fiat fiat like you know fiat the fiat world in a sense. And I grew up in a country where like financial inequality is huge, right? I grew up in Nigeria. The, the, the economy's wrecked. Like there's just a lot of crazy stuff happening in Nigeria up until now. Um, like uh, like a, a perfect example is right now, Twitter just got unbanned after about a year in Nigeria and. Even the reasons for why it was it was like banned in the first place is beyond me. Just stupid reasons. Um, but you know it's unbanned right now, and part of the unbanned there was like a mandate saying go tell the Twitter world about how well the Nigerian government has been, and it's always pro propaganda and a whole lot of those things. But anyways, um, you know, just just basically all of that stuff and. I was like, okay, what does this mean? And how, how can this help? Like, what's the core of this technology actually making life better for people, you know? And um, yeah, that's basically a lot of that. And that's that's what 
piqued my interest more. And that's when I started learning a lot more about this thing, not just as a money-making opportunity, but as a way to legitimately change life and lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, I have that similar interest as you. Like, when I first um, found out about this, I like to know what I'm about to get into. I like to know what I'm investing into. So I dove deep into research. I actually watched, like, a couple documentaries that not only told me, like, how money actually is, but then it implemented blockchain technology and how that can actually help the world and just help the stuff, like you said, like, inequalities and things like that. Like, so like, that's like for, like for example, yeah, like, like, for example, like, you think about things as simple as, like, remittances, right? When you, when you send money to, say, for me, in my case, when you send, I send money to Nigeria for all that stuff, like, I've been in America for, what, since 2007, right? And I can only imagine how much in remittances I've paid just by like sending money through Western Union money transfer and stuff like that. And you're and you realize a world like this, which is why as as annoying as ETH gas fees are, right? The functionality of cryptocurrency as a whole, right? To kill processes like, you know, remittances and, and, and stuff like that, like it just makes a lot of sense. So from from a crypto side of things, that was definitely a logical step. But yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's essentially removing the middleman, which is removing all those fees and unnecessary payments that you have to make. Absolutely. That's exactly what it is, and that's what I saw. So, like, another question I have for you is, did you see any potential, or obviously you did, but, like, what's the potential and opportunity you saw as an artist with cryptocurrencies and NFTs, for example? With cryptocurrencies, I didn't necessarily find at, at the time but when when you know just when you piece it or when you pair it together with the idea of like art and value on chain right then it makes a lot more sense right there's there's at that point it's almost like i capitulated to you know i was like okay this is why i get it i'm no longer seeing things from an antiquated perspective now i'm understanding the importance of what this can be if it is indeed life-changing you know from the perspective of how, you know, the tech of cryptocurrency changes the world, then we can definitely find other ways to create value on this chain in a way where it, you know, enables every single person, the artist especially, you know, to win. And at the intersection of every technological advancement, if you do your studying from the innovation of the internet to, you know, like shopping, shopping sites, all the above, right? There's always an intersection with art. It always happens. And we're seeing it again. So when I started to find out more about NFTs, it's so funny because I, I never really, I'm, I'm, I'm weird in that I love technology, but there's some things that I quickly gravitate towards and there's just things I just don't gravitate towards fast enough. I remember when Clubhouse uh, started, just right, right around when the pandemic was happening, I mean, it still is happening, but when it started, um, people were like, yo, you should go on Clubhouse. And I was just like, nah, I don't want to. Like, I just, for some reason, disagreed to hop on Clubhouse. But what I didn't realize was Clubhouse was becoming the hub for people to discover and speak and talk about new ways to, you know, create value, I guess, in a sense. And a lot of the, board, the a lot of people on Clubhouse you see right now 
a lot of those guys, they formed their relationships there. They're the ones with like the apes right now who like minted, who actually minted apes or, or all the old stuff like from the crypto punks and all those things. But the chatter for NFTs for me started when I started hearing about Beeple. And I was just like, yo, this guy's selling pieces. And I think when I, I started to take it a little more seriously when I think Beeple had offered some NFTs for free. And I read the story of this one girl who actually got one of them and she never sold. She got it for freaking zero dollars. Maybe she paid for gas fees. And then Beeple's valuation went to the freaking moon. At this point, it's a Jupiter right now. Or I think Pluto, whatever is the farthest planet. <laughs> but, you know, it was at that point that I was just like, yo, this is insane. Like, I was like, okay, now I got to do my research. Now I got to check out what this is about. And, you know, and then I started, I discovered OpenSea. Um, I was like, man, people can get paid. And obviously at that point, um, Beeple, Beeple was sort of like, you know, a diamond in the dirt, right? Because... He, it was only his name you heard. Everything else outside of that was like, you know, brand type deals like, you know, the crypto punks, the crypto kitties, you know, like the freaking NFT birds and all that stuff. And then with time, I start to I start to find out about Mad Dog Jones, you know, ex copy and actual people who were releasing art on chain. And then that art was starting to be valued at like ridiculously insane prices and it was at that point i was like maybe and just maybe there's space for you know to capitalize on this and, and take advantage of this new space and what it means yeah for sure and same for me that's all i did was uh, i heard about people and for those who don't know people sold like his nft work for 69 million this was like early last year too and that's exactly when i was like all right i, I have to dive in deeper i've got to see where the opportunity is and it turns out opportunity is absolutely everywhere as an artist as a developer as a collector the opportunity is endless so I thought that was crazy. Um, and so diving into cryptocurrencies and NFTs more, um, I know we're mainly in Solana. So what um, what got you into Solana and are you into any other blockchains? Um, absolutely. So I, I got it. Like I first started with ETH, as, as, I, as I assume a lot of people uh, did. I'm not. I'm not blockchain. Well, I'm blockchain agnostic. I don't believe that, you know, oh, we have to be on this or be on that. I, however, have, you know, my work primarily on Solana right now because it's the most sensible thing. One, financially, I think the goal for every company should be to maximize profits and minimize costs. And that's a logical reason, in my opinion, to be on Solana. But here's the thing with Solana. And this is something that that everyone says, and you can't like run away from. Is the community here is is genuinely like they're really cool people here. Just people who want to like people who will rock with you, people who will support you, people who just genuinely want to have fun. You know, I think there's a little piece of that. I think there's a piece of the anti maxi here. While there there'll always be that everywhere in every chain. I think there's a little bit of that here, and that was for me very encouraging um i started off with eth i have a couple of pieces like right now right now i'm rocking my robotos um just uh you know my boy pablo is cool people i have dead fellas uh i bought a bunch of pieces on eth but um 
you know, like I said, which is funny, I literally just made a thread a couple of minutes ago talking about how I had my work sitting on foundation for like weeks, uh, sorry, for months, just racking up dust, right? Uh, When I found out about Solana for NFTs um, was one of my first mints, well, my first mints, period, right? I'd already, I'd only bought on secondary on ETH. um, And then I wanted to have the minting experience, but I just never had a chance because gas, um, and then I had the chance to mint, um, you know, the Aurori project. What I understood before my mint date was that um, it just was a matter of fast fingers, you know, and and that I was going going to be going against a bunch of other fast fingers and bots. Now I've been collecting art for a minute, particularly cause pieces. I have a bunch, right? And the thing with cause is when you go on the website to buy off is off of the primary site. You're also contesting against bots and fast fingers. And so I sort of kind of already had a semblance of that. And so I minted the Aurori project. Obviously, it was a little shaky, but I was able to mint one that day. Um, and that was the first time I, I I grabbed the Solana piece. Prior to that, I'd been invested in Solana earlier. Um, I didn't invest much, but I, I was very much aware about it and the functionality. Um, and then obviously, the whole thing with like Solana being like, a rug central at that point was was also like a thing too so for me i was like do i want to do this or do i not want to do this and then as far as like selling my art you have to understand like i i started to um i'd already built a lot just community with ethereum guys like you know farouk uh Oshiny, rug radio all those guys and the next logical step for me would be to keep like you know, building the brand over there and then start selling art for whatever prices. But like I said in my thread, I took the road less traveled in that very moment, right? I was still primarily doing spaces with those guys to the point where they changed my name to So Mola. So every time I hopped on spaces, they'd be like, yo, So Mola, what's going on? Like, this was literally a thing. <laughs> and and I hadn't even been overly connected with people here at that point, um, but I remember the one, it was a Saturday, um, I was taking my daughter to uh, a, a trunk or treat, or whatever that's called, and um, I remember just hop- randomly hopping in spaces, and, and George and Ceylon were there, and literally, I, I shared my art, and Ceylon was like, yo, this is crazy, George was like, bro, if you delist on foundation, and you move to Solana right now, I'm going to buy your art, and I was like, oh, well, okay, I need the money, but why can't you just buy it there? He's like, bro, I'm not going to pay gas for that. I'm like, okay. And dude, right then and there, Nepa, I, I started to delist. I moved myself to Holoplex, which was a very frustrating experience coming from Foundation, <laughs> right? Especially in the very first few weeks. Anyways, I moved my stuff. I moved my stuff over. And uh, my first, the first person to buy my work was Ceylon. And he had bought it at like 10, 11 soul at that point which is about two grand and i was like yo this is crazy now it wasn't overtly you know it wasn't a stretch because i'd already sold like a few pieces on eth for like about the same price like points point five point six you know so that was my floor from the jump and then i started to list the entire like my collection from my first album and the next person to purchase it was 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 jordan's and then toshi and then Dali, which is funny because like the first three people who ever purchased my work on 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 Solana, I sent them gifts, like physical gifts this Christmas just to say thank you for 
for welcoming me with open arms. So, you know, it's just a lot of that stuff. But but yeah, so I do have a few things on ETH. I release primarily on, on Soul. And um, what else? I have one piece from Near Protocol. Um, and that's about it. Word. Yeah, no, I've told a few people that too that's been on other blockchains. It's just like, yeah, if you if you're on Solana, if you get your art on Solana, I'm buying it. Like I'll bid it. If you put an auction up, I'm being a bidder type stuff. It's just but at the same time, like you said, no no maximalist mindset. I would never encourage that for anyone because there's some countries, for example, like Argentina or like Nigeria, but or Argentina, they're going through like fifty percent inflation. So not only can they not even afford, their value's going down, they can't afford anything. So then we implement fees. And there's like other blockchains and cheaper blockchains that's more accessible for people like them. So I would never be a maximalist. I'm always open and open-minded to anything like that. But I'm super glad you're here. And I do see you still hanging out with um, Farouk and their rug radio and all of that. So it's just cool that you're, you're in between blockchains and you're able to balance that out as well. Um, absolutely yeah yeah oh, i also pinned up a, a couple of tweets up top for anyone who, who's interested in some of his work um one's the supply chain project that's coming out soon um i'll ask you about that but first i, I want to ask you about the heartbreak artwork <clears throat> that you came out with for the golden ticket holders because yes. i know we're unlocked DeFi, and so if you hold a golden ticket and you've hold one you've held one since I believe November. November is when it came out. Um, yep, you would yep. have received the Heartbreak artwork from Daramola. So I just want to know a little bit more about that, um, the background of that, because um, it's great. I absolutely love it. I think I've got like a couple of them. Thank so you. So can you talk a little bit more about the Heartbreak? Absolutely. So that was super simple. During the pandemic, I took a lot of photos. Like I got deep into photography um, a lot more. Like I said, I was, I, you know, I got signed to Sony in 2009. Sorry, 2019. So like music, I mean, music is a job. I love music with all my heart. I do it for fun. Like it's been it's super cool. But, you know, it became a, hey, you have a session, you have a session, you have a session. So I was only, I was only creating music when I had my albums or when I was working for other people. And just that free time to just create and play the keys, I sort of kind of lost it. And so photography was the next logical step for me. I was like, you know what? I just want to do stuff for whatever without having a money, um, a money value attached to it. Um, so I took a bunch of photos during the pandemic. So the Heartbreak artwork was essentially a photo, a photo from my place in Miami. Um, I found this application called Glitch, which, um, which was interesting because that became like a, a thing, like a little like thing when i when i saw that i think i'd sold out one of my collections and people were like oh why are you using this pete why are you using glitch i was like uh because i paid for it but you know i think part of the fun part like i said is being able to manipulate and on the application i found this crystal heart and i don't know for me it was just very reminiscent of the overall feeling during the pandemic it was a heartbreak like literally like there was like there were the race riots, which was crazy because I, I from my place I I can see um, I ninety five here in Miami, and I still have this one photo, which I don't know if I'm ever gonna auction it or I probably will later, where people um people who were protesting um the BLM movement like they were protesting on ninety five the roads empty just a couple of cop cars and a helicopter hovering above them, and I just thought it was an epic photo, but. You know, little things like that for me 
um, mattered. And, and that artwork was essentially, you know, a time lapse of Miami and the just the broken heart during the season. So that's essentially the inspiration behind it. Well, yeah, and this is the type of artwork I would hang up in, like, my bedroom or kitchen as well. So I just really appreciate that. I'm, I'm glad that I got it as a golden ticket holder as well. Thank you. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, I also want to talk a little bit more about your supply chain project because that's coming up, dude. And I'm so excited for it. I hope I'm able to get my hands on one. Yes. So, if you want to dive in a little bit more about the supply chain project, because I know it's coming up on January 28th. Um, yes, that's yes, for yes. whitelist only, though, right? Whitelist only. Um, yo, mm-hmm. this this is my baby. Like I'm this this. There's so much joy associated with this this release because um, I took my time to breathe in this space, to study a lot of what was going on, and to find a way to create something attached to what I do. And, and, you know, like, like I said, I'd already created like one of one art, you know, I sort of like created like a name in the space of my photography where I'll draw over my photography and stuff like that. And I have a couple of collectors um, that really appreciated the style. And I'll still be doing that a lot later, but you know, I have my fourth album that's due this year. And um, I was just like, man, like, I've been speaking so much about music on the blockchain. Wouldn't it be insane if I just released music and didn't even take take into consideration this new technology that I've been speaking about? So I figured, and then I had so many people ask me questions all the time. How can I drop music on the blockchain? How can I do this or whatever? And there are so many antiquated like laws and legalities like with regards to music on the blockchain, um, especially when you are a signed artist. And in my case, while I'm not signed to a deal as an artist, I'm signed to a publishing deal to a major record label, which also means that somebody also gets a piece of of my work. So I was like, okay, how do I do this? And so the supply chain project is essentially the encompassing title of my album project. Now that's not the name of the album that will be revealed much, much later, but um, I was like, what can I give and how can I give an offering here? So in order for me to explain and for you to properly understand why I'm doing this, you have to flash back to 2019. I dropped my second album. It was called It's a Double Pleasure to Deceive the Deceiver. I've briefly spoken about it. I won't take you people's time. But that album was essentially inspired by the movie Atomic Blonde, in addition to life experiences and all the above. There were 12 tracks on the album. I did remember telling me the track list and maybe the cover for the single that you're going to push. And I was like, nah, I feel like everything should have one. This was 2019. I knew nothing about NFTs. So when this space happened, it just felt like the most logical step. I was like, yo, I feel like the NFT space was made for me. I can auction all these pieces and per auction, I can send it to, I can send the tracks to the people, you know, who buy those pieces or who won the auctions. And that was essentially what I did. Fast forward to this drop, I was like, okay, I want to frame this in a completely different way. So what I did was I'm going to create an album. It will be 12 tracks on the album. And I'm going to have every, every single track will have its own art piece. So this is something I've done before. The only difference is now I'm doing it in a more, you know, you can say a more concentrated way. So essentially, I uh, I have the art created. Uh, I had um, 
I had to collaborate with an artist friend of mine from Colombia, super cool guy. I'm actually going to be onboarding him to the space. And together, we've been able to create a couple of these pieces. Um, what I did was I started to sketch a, like just the ideas and, and what I wanted with regards to the vision of the album. So I sketched the skeleton and I sketched the robot guy. And I was like, yo, dude, like this is where it's at. This is the idea of the concept of the album. And the concept of the album is simple. It's um, being programmed to fall out of love, but fight until death to stay in love. Hence the concept of, you know, duality in one person, part robot, part skeleton. And that's basically the gist, right? The robot is programmed to fall out of love. And oftentimes the robot is overtaking the entire body, making it full robot. And like, nah, I'm here. You can eat my flesh, but I'm still going to be here. And that's the part of me that's essentially programmed or fight until death to stay in love. So that's the gist of the album. Um, there are several characters in, on, uh, in this album. There's a flower that eventually blossoms and turns into a woman. This woman, however, is a female robot in the same like predicament as I am, looking for love, being programmed to fall out of love. But she's programmed to fall out of love for different reasons. And I'm programmed to fall out of love for different reasons, too. And, like, when you think about our lives, like, we're all, like, we're all in different areas of our lives. I don't know what you guys are going through, but I feel like we have relational issues. We have, like, financial issues, psychological issues. You can name all the issues we have in life. And I'm like, all these things, in my opinion, right, they're in a way setting us up for, you know, just to be you know, disconnected. Like, imagine watching the news and looking at all the BS that's happening, right? Like, stuff like that for me, I'm just like, man, this is, I don't even want to watch the news. Or even in relationships where your significant other is just not, you know, you just don't feel like you're connecting. It's also, in my opinion, a way that it just makes you disconnected. Like, I don't want to deal with this. And then there's the part of all of us that's, you know, like, nah, I'm fighting for this, regardless of what this currently seems like so that's the gist behind the album um on the 28th we'll be dropping uh well i'll be dropping an iteration with the female robot um who is a part of the album story and um the idea was to create like i said one of one art per track on the album so that's 12 pieces of one of one art and then also create a generative pfp project based on the characters on the album and that's basically it. So the first iteration of that happens on on the 28th, which sort of is like early access. So for everyone who's part of the 420 people, you have a special place in my heart. And that's legit. You also have a special place on chain with my album in that you only get to you guys are going to be the only people who own female robots. Um, there'll be two drops. There's the mint one and mint two. Mint one, like I said, is the pre-drop, and that's where you have like the female robots and all that stuff. And then Mint two is going to be a thousand eight hundred and forty robots, um, which will be you know male robots. And um, my good friend Toshi has always told me to find better ways to explain this process. So I'm gonna I'm gonna try as much as possible to not confuse people. So you essentially get the gist of what's going on. So here's here's what it is. The album 
I'm just going to tell you what you get when you mince, and, and this is where it gets pretty cool. Um, when you mince the Forts Ready drop, and hopefully I, you guys understand what the project is about. It's basically my album and me releasing it on chain, right? So if you mint the 420 drop, if you're part of the 420 drop, when you mint, you're going to get a few like cool things, right? You're going to get, um, you know, a whitelist pass for the 1840 drop, which is the main album drop, right? You're also going to get like, uh, you're going to be able to claim a vinyl of my second album as a thank you for being part of my journey. So I wanted to find a way to give as much value and as much utility and access with this pro with this uh, project. And the only way I could think about it was to give back as much, like, you know, especially for the price, especially now with the market sentiment down. Um, I was like, I just want people to have a lot, like, you know, because this for me is different. You know, so imagine when you mint on, on the 420 on the 28th, you'll be getting one, a female robot NFT. It's one per person, right? You'll be getting access to uh, an access to the whitelist for the 1840 drop, which will be the second drop. You also get to claim a vinyl of my second album. Um, and then this is where it gets interesting because what I'm trying to also offer from the music side of things is, is an experience. Um, I've been talking a lot with the guys from the Portals Metaverse. And we've been speaking about ways that we could utilize the portals metaverse to actually create an experience for people. So one of the first things I'm not allowed to say much as per Chris, uh, the, the one of the owners of the project, as per his advice. But I can say this. Um, everyone who mints the 420 will get a listening session pass, basically. And we're going to have a listening session in the metaverse. Like imagine you having access to a link. And I'm going to basically play the entire album for you. We're going to have conversations. It's going to be mad cool. And I think that's something that hasn't been done on the Solana ecosystem. At least I haven't seen it. I've seen it with Spotty Wi-Fi in Decentraland. I've seen it with Snoop Dogg on Sandbox. But I've just not seen it in Solana. So technically, I will be the first artist to do that with portals. So there's also historical significance for what I'm trying to create here. Um, fast forward to... The second mint, there'll also be um, a concert pass. And we're trying to build an experience. Like, for example, with the concert pass, I was talking to Chris and I was like, dude, we got to build like a crazy stage in the metaverse. Like just an experience where you guys can click on the link or because it's going to be ticketed. But if you're part of the 1840 or 420, you already have your, your you have your pass in there for free. Um, you're going to be able to go in there and just experience like live music. But and I'm basically going to be performing live on the uh, concert, but in the metaverse, not pre-recorded. I'm literally going to have my microphone like connected. It's going to be super cool. Um, in addition to that, one of the things is with the portals, uh, uh, with the portals collaboration, you also get something from the portals metaverse uh, and you're going to be one of the first people to get it. I can't say much about that, um, but I'll just leave it at that, basically. So. I mean, it, it's a lot. I don't know if you want to ask any more questions, direct questions mm. I'll be able to answer. Man, I don't know what I... I don't want to ask anything. I'm just excited. Like, <laughs> No, it's... You know, you know what's special about this? Uh, what's special about this is, you know, you get... I get to give... Which, which has been my goal is how do I give an experience? How do I give a visual experience? How do I give an auditory experience? How do I give visual utility, auditory utility? You know, in a world where music NFTs are not necessarily, you know, like valued like visual NFTs, 
I'm like, okay, how can I assist the proposed value of my music? And in order for me to do that, I had to give, you know, visuals. So, for example, when you meet the 1840, you get like a digital booklet. So the best way to explain it is back in the day when you went to buy a vinyl or you bought a cassette tape or you bought a or you bought a, a CD player, it always came with a booklet on the sleeve, on the side. And my direct inspiration was going to Amoeba, which is a record store in San Francisco, in Seattle. And like, I bought the final um, version of the Kanye's, of Kanye's album, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy in vinyl that they had. And when I got home and unwrapped it, I opened it up and there were six pieces of art in there by George Kondo. And I was like, and, and it's funny because I had, I, I recently had a call with Toshi and he was showing me his too. And I was like, how do you, I mean, right now, the floor price on on a George Kondo, um, let me just, floor price is funny. I think the floor price on a George Kondo right now is, I don't know, you can probably get one for up, upwards of like 20 grand, I think. I'm not, I'm not exactly sure. But that's how much of, you know, seasoned artist he is. And imagine that I buy a Kanye album, I think it was like $50 or $79.99, a vinyl and I have four, six pieces of George Condos in there. I was like, what the heck? You know, so I actually have them on my wall framed in the studio, in my home studio. Um, and then just the packaging and all. So I was like, how can I give this to people on chain? And so for me, that's in the iteration of a digital of a digital booklet. So in addition to giving people one-of-one one art, it'll be a digital booklet. When you open it, there'll be some text. I'm talking about the album, lyrics, all that stuff. But you also get 12 pieces of one-of-one one art per track on the album. And these and these uh, and that booklet can be sold on secondary. Um, there's going to be two experiences that we're currently working on to experience to, to interact with the booklet. There will be 12 pictures in your wallet, but there'll also be like an HTML like access link where if you click, you you read the booklet just like a book, and there'll be different color covers, you know. So you get that. It, it's it's crazy. So just offering that to people, in addition to the digital booklet, you also get to claim a vinyl. And so someone asks and says, well, why should I, you know, why should I get your album if I can just listen to it on Spotify? Because everyone else who listens to it on Spotify doesn't have access to all the NFT goodies that you get access to. In addition to that, 100 people, which we're currently filling up, 100 people will get to participate in royalty collection on my album. Those people are people who I've interacted with over the past uh, few months since I got in this space, people who I've had like you know, such a good vibe with people who have purchased my art, people who have placed bids on my auctions, whether or not they won or didn't won or didn't win, people who hold a Garamala piece. Basically, all those guys get to, you know, get to get royalties from my album. Now, Web2 royalties are a bit sus, to be very honest with you, um, because which is why we're all making a transition to to Web3. But, you know, it's going to be the Web2 way. And I basically explained that in depthly in the FAQs on, on my Discord. And I tell people how it works and what that's going to mean and, and what it would mean in the grand scheme of things. So, um, yeah, that, that in addition to, to give it NFTs. Mm -hmm. Speaking of your Discord, is it private? Is it still private? And if so, when do you plan on opening that up? It is still private. Uh, I did that on purpose just to, you know, not to say public discords don't have integrity. This mm -hmm. is by far not that. But I wanted to maintain the integrity for the 420 first, 
right now we have about 630 people in discord and honestly it's really all vibe my discord you on, on from the outside looking in you think this my discord is dead because what i wanted to cultivate was not having too many notifications because i hate that when i go on discord but you know it, it's far from dead it's very much alive and well and everyone's excited for the mint i will make it public at you know proposed date i'm trying to think when exactly um but i'm definitely going to assign like new roles for everyone who's been here first because that also matters in the grand scheme of what i'm trying to create but uh but yeah Word. yeah yeah i see a lot of friends in the audience by the way so just anyone if you want to come up feel free to we're just gonna start vibing we're just gonna start you know just chilling. so if you have any questions too you can always uh just raise your hand to request to speak but this is like as far as what you were explaining with the supply chain project i don't think i've heard that be done even on like some uh, blockchains that i expected it to be done on like tezos for example I know an artist, uh, Mike Shinoda from Lincoln yes, Park, he's doing Park. a few, yeah, he's doing a few yeah. music NFTs, and I don't even, I mean, I haven't caught up with it, but, like, even the things he's doing, so I was going to ask you about that, too. Do you plan on, in the future, or have you had the thought of um, coming out with, like, a generative profile picture, or just a generative project, and implementing, like, audio within it? Um. You know what? I haven't thought about it. Right now, two people are doing it. I know um, Mike Shinoda is doing it from Lincoln Park. And uh, I have a friend just within the degrees of separation in the industry. His name is Frank Dukes. And Frank has done everything from, like, produced everything for, like, from, like, Drake to Nikki to Rosalia to, to Wayne, everybody. He's doing a generated music project. Um, and, you know... Like I said, this this current project I'm dropping is 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 a PF. In addition to one of one art, is also an experiential project. Project. It's also a PFP project with like the robots and, and all the above. Now, if will I do one associated with music in the future? I don't know yet. To be very honest with you, so I don't want to say something that I'm probably not going to do. We'll find out in the future, but um, we'll see how that goes. And I also forgot to mention. You know, I barely even mentioned my music, the music part of my my work. Just as a producer, um, I've had the chance to produce uh, for. Uh, I I know I always typically mention SpongeBob SquarePants because that's like the most popular and relatable one here, which I did for uh, Becky G and Trevor Daniel. But I've also worked with Kesha. I've worked with you know Mar Ricky, just a huge Latin group, um, Shakira, Christina. Um, just a bunch of a bunch of artists like here and there, Jason Derulo, um, all of the above, man. And uh, the good thing is, when my album comes out, I have a couple of pretty high profile uh, features um, from you know Danny Ocean, who is a member of the Billion Club on Spotify with a billion streams per song. Um, I have Beam, who has recently collaborated a lot with like Justin Bieber. I have uh, freaking. Eight drums from Major Laser. I mean, everyone knows Major Laser, Diplo, um, Washi Fire, the whole nine. Um, I have um, a friend in the name of Cadenza who has been Georgia Smith's major produ main producer, um, all on the album. And they're all going to also have um, some of these NFTs. So that's also what makes it fun that I get to bring in my music friends. Over the past few months, I've done that. Um, I onboarded Tiny. Um, Tiny's like number one, well, number one Latin producer, Bad Bunny, or the above. I onboarded, um, you know, um, 
Lex, my manager, also, who he published a record, Why Don't You Just Meet Me in the Middle. I onboarded Tommy Mottola, former president of Sony, um, signed Michael Jackson, signed Mariah Carey, onboarded Talia, who is, um, she's deemed the queen of pop in, in Mexico. So just a bunch of people. And I think it's just been cool to get them in. And then recently, you guys probably saw this, but freaking Cypress Hill. <laughs> that's That's been the funniest surprise <laughs> of this year. Uh, I just tweeted whitelist only uh, one day and freaking Cypress Hill from nowhere responded and they're like, oh yeah? And then we just started going back and forth. So right, we got in the DMs, we exchanged contacts. So they're going to be holding a couple of pieces too, which I'm really, really, that's that's fun to me. I, I'm, I'm freaking honored. But um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's all that's happening. Yeah, dude. I, I'm appreciative of just like your entire exi- existence and your artwork because you're going to do great things for the ecosystem. Like you said, you're, you're helping on board a lot of uh, influential and important people and just like people in general, because I, I believe this is going to help a lot of lives, help a lot of like finances. And, and this is going to be global. And it's all about ownership and it's power to the people. Really? I read this article called power to the people. And like we were speaking of earlier, removing the middleman making mm-hmm. things accessible, affordable, and, you know, artists and collectors just coming together globally, being able to do endless possibilities, man. I'm super excited for it. So thank you for everything that you do. That's, that's awesome work. <laughs> thank you. Um, thank you. Of course. A distant Penguin, hey, what's up? Hey, what's going on, Brad? What's going on, Garamola? What's going on? What's going on, Distant? Just uh, just two questions, and honestly, it could be for both you guys. Uh, super intriguing to get your insight on them. The first one, just circling back there, Moa, on you talking about being onboarded yourself. I was curious what the most common resistance you get is uh, when it comes to trying to onboard other people who are completely out of the loop on all, all things crypto, never mind NFTs, and then maybe even speak to bridging the gap from crypto into NFTs. And then the other question that's completely separate, but you guys can both speak on is you've talked a lot about your musical inspirations and your artistic inspirations. Do you think there's a place for writing and creative writing in NFTs at all? And again, both you guys are awesome. Uh, I'd love to hear both your opinions on it. Thanks. Um, Thanks for asking. Uh, Okay, so the first question, um, resistance. Typically, I, resistance, resistance always comes in the form of like a lack of understanding and also, yeah, just primarily a lack of understanding. Um, I mean, there's also a lack of, you know, um, what you need to get in, like finances, but, you, but I think the lack of understanding precedes that. Um, that's basically the resist the the biggest thing I've seen. So for me, it's always like a show and prove kind of thing. I consider what I'm doing like a show of concept, a proof of concept. You know, it's going to be a free model for any any artist. I'm particularly going to make sure that all my artist friends who are interested um, have access to giving an offering like this and know how to get into the community. So there's that. Um, mm-hmm. From crypto to NFTs. Uh, I don't know. I, you know, well, yeah, I have a friend who I introduced to cryptocurrencies last year and I'm literally just about to onboard into NFTs tomorrow. And um, nice. I don't know, he just, I think maybe it was just a time thing for him. 
So I, I think as far as like NFTs, you know what? Once again, a lack of understanding. I think that's what I'll chalk it up to. There's that. And then the question about, you know, creative writing. I firmly, wholeheartedly believe that everything is accessible, right? And everything works. The question is how good you are at creating a brand um, outside of or around what you do. And, you know, oftentimes people come into this space and they just leave it at, oh, it's fun to invest. We're going to get funny looking PFPs and it's going to be successful. It takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of work to, man- to one, it takes a lot of work to build a brand and it takes a lot of work to maintain the brand, you know, and, you know, I'm hoping that I can, I could do that well with my project. I mean, not hoping I will do that well with my project. That's a given. Um, and, you know, we'll leave the rest of it in the hands of the community. But I think that's primarily, uh, I, ho- I hope that answers the question. No, man, that's awesome. I really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Welcome. I'll uh, touch up on it, too. I know the first question was about, like, resistance in regards of, um, like, onboarding people. And I agree with their mullets. It's completely about lack of understanding. But it's also about, like, resisting change and i understand that like as humans sometimes we do not like change so you take someone especially i'm gonna say like someone older as well like um who's just used to the us dollar just used to cash and then you implement like cryptocurrencies and digital money and this person doesn't even have like a a bank account doesn't even have like an app on their phone of their bank account they're going to be a little bit resistant to that and i i completely understand that I also think it's about like um, actually wanting, actually wanting to learn because you can implement understanding. Like once you help them understand, they're going to actually have to like get the interest. They have to pique the interest, actually want to do it because once they understand and once they understand it's important and just get build conviction on it, that's when they can start, you know, taking matters in their own hands. So that's just to keep it simple for the first one. And then the second one was about like, writing in nfts yeah uh, i just keep it down to ownership anything that you can own i believe will be able to be implemented in the nfts non-fungible tokens so yeah that's my answer to that i'll keep it simple <laughs> no thanks dude that's awesome appreciate it yeah for sure um i did want to dive a little bit more into the music though because like i know i mentioned mike shinoda and you know him too there mola which gets me excited Um, Because, yeah, that's the only other person who I know doing something similar to what you're doing. Who's the other person that you know? Um, um, The other person is Frank Dukes. Funny enough, Mike Shinoda, I mean, while I know Mike, I didn't even know he was doing that. Um, Mm -hmm. My friend Toshi brought my attention to it on Spaces one day, and he was just like, yo, dude, you know Mike Shinoda? And he sends me a link with, like, his work, and I was like, yo, this is crazy. Now, I know Mike has always been in the space but I didn't know it was that crazy, so I thought that was pretty cool. The other guy's Frank Dukes, and Frank Dukes. Frank Dukes is a music producer and, and songwriter. Um, I mean, his discography is crazy. Like, I, he did. I mean, I mean, I'll name some like popular songs. I guess he did like "Congratulations" to Post Malone. He did uh, "Fake Love" for Drake. Um, I don't know if you guys know the song, Pick Up the Phone, baby, the, the Young Thug and Travis Scott. He did that record. He did Havana for um, Camila Cabello, you know, so my bad, guys. I always tend to sing when I try to, like, get, like, stuff in. But anyways, um, so, yeah, he's, he's done a bunch. So he's basically doing um, his own NFT project. And, yeah, that's that's basically it, generative music type 
thing. Yeah, that, that's super interesting, and I, I I guarantee we'll probably see more of that. So I I feel like we unlocked a lot in this episode. If you ask me, I love the name "Time to Unlock" because we unlocked a lot. Because like I'm saying, I only know a few other people doing these things, including you. So everyone in the audience now knows like what like more about what NFTs can do, the opportunities and the possibilities. Because I don't. And even when your stuff comes out, I know when the mint starts on January 28th, there's going to be even more people learning about it. And I'm just super stoked for like the future uh, and what you're going to bring. It sounds like you're going to bring a ton of value for the holders. So I'm super excited. Definitely going to get my hands on one. I've got whitelist, baby. I already knew about it. I already knew the drill. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that's that's a lot of things that I don't think um, many people know about in regards to like music and NFTs. Because last year was all a lot of light was shined on the profile picture collections, and it still is, and nothing on that. And then I know we're moving to the quote unquote metaverse like things. We have like cards and passes come out. There's always trends, but music and these trends, some of them are here to stay. Like I don't want to call them trends. Some of them are definitely going to have a lot of value and utility in the future, but music's definitely one of them. You know what I mean? Absolutely. No, it's, and, and just the storyline, like if you own a few, like I tweet, I, I, I announced this today, but even down the line, I'm already thinking about like a year and a half down the line. Right. And that's, that's the vision. I mean, I, I would like to think anyone who's building a company should build from that perspective and not necessarily everything that happens. And I, I like to say this, I tweeted this the other day and I said, I've never known a musician, a singer, songwriter, a producer who gets a number one record and then hangs the gloves and says, okay, I'm done. It doesn't make sense. Like I personally think musicians are some of the most like, you know, hard hitting people. And I, I intend to bring that energy, um, you know, to this project, um, one of the things we're doing down the line is if you're part of the 420 and you hold a female robot and you mint the second piece, which will be for the main drop, the 1840, and you own a male robot, down the line, if you pair them together, something happens. Like, it's just a lot of crazy ideas that just just brewing as time is going on. So I'm super excited. But, yeah, going. Yeah, definitely. I know I bought a Master Jehovah up here. Did you have a question or comment? Hey, dude. Yeah, hey, man. Uh, hey there, Mola. Hey, What's going on, brother? You were talking earlier about uh, generative com, music and FTs. Where are you from? Romania. I'm from Romania. I, okay, I was going to start speaking Spanish, bro, because of the way you no, pronounce your name. But I'm going to leave it at that. I have no clue. Yeah, I have no clue about Romanian language, bro. I wish I did. No, it's so the funny thing. The name actually came. I found out it's a plant. And ah. it just came because it was like a, a code name for weed in my group at a certain point. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, is it Jojoba? Is pa- Jojoba? Pa- is that how pass me the Jojo. Um, yeah, yeah. So you say like you so, pass yeah. me the Jojo. Sorry? Pass me the Jojo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. So you say your name Jojoba. Yeah. Is that yeah. how you say it? Ah, uh, yeah, I just see it. I want to say Jehovah, you know. It, it's, you know, same thing, different it doesn't matter. different experiences. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, though. Jojoba's yeah. Witness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start, I'm going to start the DAO. Jojoba's Witness. 
But go on. What's your question, bro? No, so you were you were talking about the generative music NFTs, and wanted to ask you if you if you know pixel bands. You know what? I actually do. I, I, I know a couple of people who are involved in that. I believe my friend Wookie is into that. Um, DJ Sam F. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I totally forgot to put that on the list, but yeah, I'm familiar. Yeah, I, I, I minted one. I managed to, to snag a whitelist. And nice. it's a really, really cool project. And they, they, they managed to, to give a lot of money to, to producers already. Yes, yes, and like royalties. I, I, really, yeah. I love it. I'm curious. I, I still have to talk to Wookie because we we're supposed to actually speak about that and essentially what it means. But long story short, I'm bullish on anyone who's creating you know, a platform where musicians can win. And it's so funny because the Pixel Bands thing was literally a couple of weeks back, the Mint, and they're already getting royalties. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, and uh, one one more question. So for for your mint, uh, basically, if you have whitelist, you you're sure to get one, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I saw it was one per Discord, one per wallet. So the yeah. distribution is gonna be really fair. So thank you for that too. I've been seeing that a lot lately, actually, like fair distributions. And if you guys ask me, we might be leaning towards like more of uh, whitelist only mints. I wouldn't be surprised if we start seeing whitelist only kind of mints with tokens because of the botting situation. I don't yeah. know, just a random thought. Yeah, you know, it's just a way to give access to people who have like, who have taken time to interact with your work, you know, and mm -hmm. I think that's, I personally think that's important, so. Yeah, you know, that, hence, and and you know what the the one thousand eight hundred and forty mints will most likely not be whitelist only, um, but you know I just figured, at least for the four twenty, there's just something special about having the first four twenty put interest. So yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, something about rewarding like early people, and like you said, for you, it, it's it means a lot for you and your artwork. So I, I understand that, but. Yeah, just random thoughts. Um, those that was everything that I had. Though I really enjoyed the conversation, and I learned a lot too. Uh, those you. were my personal questions because I, I wanted to um, get to know you better in your artwork. So thank, thank you. you so much for taking the time. I'm a personally. Um, this is Brett or Nepa Tito. You guys may know me as on Discord or Twitter. Um, but I'm gonna try to host these things weekly, almost every Tuesday under Unlock DeFi. And uh, yeah, it'll probably be around the same time. So we'll see what next week is going to look like. Hey, what's up, Mr. King? Did you have a question or comment? Yes, all right. Thank you for having me. Um, yeah. yeah. So I have a question for Deramola. So, um, hi, right, man. How you doing? What's going on, Mr. King? How you doing? Yeah, it's going great. Yeah, so I wanted to ask you, are you, like, are you aware of Looksware Studio and uh, what they're doing with the Sounds Rare NFT? Yes, yes. I'm actually aware of um, Doc Hollywood. Uh, he's, he's, we had a chance to speak and he explained to me what they were doing. So yeah, I am aware. Nice, nice. And uh, so are you going to be looking to build a similar thing? Like I see they have Bootsy Bellows building the, the nightclub and the metaverse. Are you looking to do something similar with your project? Not at all. So my, my, my project is, you know, I'm, I'm approaching it from uh, an artist perspective. And when I say an artist perspective, I mean like a solo artist. So this is essentially an exper experience based on my uh, my fourth album. So, yes, people will have a metaverse experience, but 
um, it'd be like, you know, an experience for, you know, a listening session and a concert experience. Um, and that's as far as like the metaverse aspect of it is concerned. But yeah. Awesome. Did you have anything else, Mr. King? Uh, no, that was it. Uh, thank you very much. Yeah, I actually spent some time as an artist, too, so I understand your perspective and your take on that. But that's, uh, that's really cool, man. Yeah, I think it's... Thanks, man. I think it's important to... Like, for me, like, I want to be able to deliver from the perspective in which I can deliver. You know, maybe in the future, this grows into something bigger. But for now, uh, you know, I just want to, you know, scale... You know, it's it's a matter of scaling. I think right now this is what I can afford within the framework of my bandwidth. And I think that would be enough to give what my proposed value is to everyone who holds a Dharma entity. Nice. And then in the future, there'll definitely be added components to holding a Dharma entity for sure. But yeah. Nice. I like it. Sounds good. Yeah. Thank you very much, man. You're welcome. Yeah, thank you so much for the question. I'm glad there's other artists in here listening because this was a lot of information and some might not have even known like the possibilities they can do. So, yeah, thank you so much for the time. Um, I, I guess this is a perfect time to wrap it up unless you have any last words for us, Dear Mola. Um, nah, I, honestly, like, I, I get, you know what, maybe uh, just, you know, live, enjoy your day to day. Um, obviously, as much as you take time on getting into spaces and speaking with people, literally just take a step outside. This thing is a beautiful space, but it's if you're not right mentally, how are you able to enjoy it like you should, right? You know, so everyone breathe and enjoy. And for everyone who came here, thank you so much. I mean, you guys have literally hung for an hour just listening to me speak and me and Epa speak. I really appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. Oh, by the way, shortly after this... Um, well, t- something happened. I dropped uh, Toshi dropped a trailer today for mm. the URS crowns, which is gonna be crazy. I have a crown there, uh, well, a couple of crowns that people can mint. Um, and it's so cool because you know, I mentioned this to Toshi when he invited me to be a part of that, and all, all the proceeds are going back to the URS community. I'm not taking anything from the mints, but I was also honored to create like a trailer music for um, the crown with uh, the the john lace crown piece and toshi posted that today so you guys go check it out also uh john lee and i are going to be announcing something crazy uh after this uh so that's gonna be fire too dope yeah so i just uh penned it up top so um the post that so um toshi just posted with john lace crown that music behind it is yours absolutely is that what you saw nice Ah, see, that's that's dope. That's dope. Thank you. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, and thank you for the time. And I thought it was super important what you said, guys. Listen to Dermola. Drink your water, too. If you hear me, you're going to hear me often say drink your water. We're 70% plus water, yo. We got to start taking care of ourselves more and better. So drink your water. Have some movement. Go outside. Stretch your knees. Stretch your legs. And thank you so much for tuning in to Time to Unlock. It's me, Brett, from Unlock DeFi. You may know me as Nepotitel. And we out. You may see me next week. Stay tuned. Thank y'all. Much love. Much love, Darren Mola.